Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power, and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value any feedback and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good and leave the rest. The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life to build my strength back up and restore peace, and I hope that you can do the same. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I'm the author of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction, and... I wish we were meeting under different circumstances. I am so sorry that you are going through this challenge, this madness, and I just want to wrap you in so much care and love, especially if you're feeling like I'm just holding it together. I'm just trying to like keep it together, you know, whether it's keeping it together for your kids, whether it's keeping it together for your career, whether it's keep it together for, you know, whoever it is for yourself. I remember feeling that so often when I was in the muck and the madness that comes along with loving someone or losing someone to addiction. It is so hard, right? We're going to dive into this topic. It hits so close to home for many of us and for me, holding it together while facing the challenge of loving someone who's struggling with addiction is so hard. It's so hard. So welcome to another episode of Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. I am so happy that you found us. I do wish we were meeting under different circumstances, but I'm so glad that we found each other. And even if there's one little nugget that supports you through this challenge, um, I hope that that it lands well. And, and that's the purpose of this so that you don't feel alone. So 
to you, my listeners out there, I just want you to know that you're not alone in this journey. I have walked this similar path. I understand the pain. I understand the frustration and the overwhelm of emotions that come with it. So today we're going to talk all about those moments when it feels like you can barely hold on or hold it together, right? When the weight of the situation is so threatening to pull you under the water. That's why I I did a picture on the cover of my book of being underwater because that's what it feels like. It often feels like you're drowning and you're just trying so hard to keep your head above water. And so there are times when we put this brave face on, when we try to be a pillar of strength for others, for being a pillar of strength, even for the addicted loved one in our life. But let's be real. It's so hard. And I just want you to have this permission to admit that this is hard. I want you to feel that permission because I was just trying to keep it together and almost, you know, not admitting how hard it actually was for me. And so I remember moments when I thought I had to keep it together only to find myself drowning in pain, in sadness, and just concern and just so much deep inside me that I was just trying so hard to keep it together. And it is just really, really hard. So if you're feeling like you're just barely keeping it together, I want you to know that your feelings are valid. I want you to know that the struggle is real and that you're not alone in feeling this way. In fact, I've been there too. I know what it's like. And so many people in our private support group and so many of my clients and people who have run through the resilience course, they are saying the same thing. Sometimes we have moments where you feel overwhelmed, where you feel that this journey is taking its emotional toll. And I remember thinking, I just can't do it anymore at times. And it's just like, because you are trying so hard to keep it together, right? And I always say that when I was in the muck too of it, I'm like, I have training in resilience. I have training in psychology and formal education. And this is the hardest thing that I ever had to do to navigate it. I had all the tools and it was so, so hard. And it almost felt sometimes like it's just too much to bear for me and one person. And oh my gosh. So it's crucial to remember that you are not defined by this struggle. You're not defined by what is going on around you. I want you just to kind of zoom out the lens and your emotions, whether it's, you know, frustration or anger or sadness or a mix of them all, it's a testament. I want you to take this in. It's a testament to the depth of love and compassion that you have. It shows you that you are a caring, kind, loving, compassionate person. And that is why you are feeling these emotions when you're in the situation of loving someone with an addiction. It is a testament to the person that you are. And remember that the struggle is it doesn't define you. It doesn't, you know, me, don't make it mean anything about you, but recognize that those emotions that you're feeling in this struggle are a testament 
to the depth of love, the depth of your love, the depth of your ability to be compassionate. And it's okay to be, have to admit almost, I was like, I'm waving my white flag here. Um, It's okay to recognize that I, you know, that is so hard to keep it together at times and it's okay to lean on others. It's okay to reach out for support. It's okay that you might need some, some pillars to lean on, some friends to lean on, some support, uh, and just to feel like, okay, you know what? I I'm just, this is so hard to keep it together right now. And just admitting it because I know I was just like, being, I was powering through and I, I did have a moment many moments, not just one where I'd be in my car and I would just cry. I was so, so, so sad and frustrated and taken down by someone else's addiction. I felt like I lost my sparkle. I felt like what is happening? The whole direction of my life changed and it was so hard. And I just remember thinking like, I don't think I can keep, like, I, I can't keep being strong like this. This is too much for me. And so I wanted to do this episode because I just wanted you to realize that if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm just trying to keep it together for the kids, or I'm just like on, I'm on the brink of like not being able to do this anymore. I want you to know that this is, very common amongst our group, amongst those who love someone with an addiction. It is so, so hard to hold it, hold it together, keeping it together, right? While navigating this. And so I just want you to know that, that you're feeling like you're just barely keeping it together. It's valid. It is very common and you're not alone. And Please, if you feel like you do need to reach out to someone or, you know, private message me or direct message me or come to the group, we have so many people there, your emotions, whether it's sadness, frustration, or a mixture of them all is just that testament to the depth of love that you have, the compassionate human that you are, the care in your heart for this person that is going down a very dark path. And so, I just really want to extend that to you. I want to just communicate that focusing on you and taking back your power isn't selfish. It's actually an act of self-preservation. So when you're feeling like you're on this like edge where you're kind of like, I'm just trying to keep this together, like, but inside I'm crumbling inside remember that your well-being matters just as much as the person that has the addiction, if not more, your well-being matters. And we need to really, really shift that focus on building you back up. Because if you're feeling like this and you're at that breaking point, um, it's just really, really important to find those moments of caring for yourself, leaning on others, reach out to community, lean on others for support and allow yourself to feel with no judgment, just self-awareness. And these are, and self-compassion, so, so, so important. And I always talk about the four C's in the Saving You is Killing Me community, which is basically the first one is courage, courage to put yourself first, to prioritize your well-being, to reach out for support. The second one's community, reaching out to community, other people that know what you're going through, or they've been through something similar, or just a friend or family or any 
anyone that you can reach out to community is so needed. And then of course, self-compassion, the C is compassion, being kind to yourself, allow yourself to feel without judgment, recognizing that these, it makes sense that I'm freaking angry here. It makes sense that I feel like I'm going to just like lose it. It makes sense that I'm on the edge of just keeping it together because this is hard. This is so hard right? And then the other C is self-care, is taking care of yourself. It's self-preservation, acts of self-preservation when we're going through this challenge and this struggle. And so I really want to extend this to you that healing is possible, that this journey is so filled with challenges and setbacks and is absolute madness. But there's also areas or moments where you can tap into growth and learning and, and hope. And, and so when you're feeling you're like you're at that like breaking point, you're like, oh my gosh, like I just can't do this anymore. I'm on the edge. I'm on the brink. It's like, I'm just trying to hold it together. Just remember that your presence, your love, your compassion, your understanding is so powerful. And I just invite you to turn all that love and take all that compassion and all that understanding and turn it on yourself. Turn it on you just for this moment. You need it right now. If you're on that thing is like, I don't know how much I can hold this together, or I am on the, I'm just trying to keep it together for the kids or my job or this and that. I want you to take a moment and just be present and give yourself love, give yourself understanding, give yourself just presence of being there for yourself and recognizing that this is hard and holy cow, look how good you're doing, keeping it together, given what you're get going through. So please, please, please recognize how strong you are. I, 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 that is the message here. I just want you to know how strong you are, how much you're going through and that it's nobody understands it until they've been in it, in the muck and dealing with it. So please, please, please. I just want you to remember that you are so much stronger than you even realize, than you even know. And that every single day, every single day you can hold on to this hope. I invite you to turn that love on yourself and Every single day that you are navigating loving someone with an addiction or losing someone to addiction, you're showcasing your resilience. You're showcasing just how strong you are. If I look back, I'm like, holy cow, like I can't even believe how much I got through, how much I did, how much I was able to keep it together for like my career and show up with a brave face and yet still feel like I am like dying inside. And that just shows how resilient we are. It shows how powerful we are and recognizing that we can also be a beacon of light for other people. Uh, we can show up in a way that can support other people going through this as well. That's why I do what I do. So Another thing that kind of came to mind while I was thinking about this episode is uh, remembering that moment, those moments in my car often, and, or just like, as he drives away, like, you know, oh my gosh, saving you is killing me. Like literally feeling that 
I remember thinking, well, like, why is it that we have to, we're trying so hard to keep it together? And I kind of look back, it's like, I was almost hiding from my friends even how, oh my gosh, like how terrible everything that I was going through was. I, I just kept it to myself. And I felt like I like, I was just trying to put on that brave face, even for my kids. I'm trying to be all positive with them, take them to parks and take them for hikes. And I, but inside I was so struggling. So in the journey of when we love someone struggling with addiction, this concept of holding it together becomes really, really powerful. That is what we do. It's like a defense mechanism. It's like we're trying to to keep it together because we're scared to lose it. We're trying to keep up with appearances. We're trying to keep up to maintain strength. And it makes sense that we do that, right? And so even when this turmoil is so overwhelming, even when we feel so broken inside, we try to hold it together. And so there's some reasons why we do that, right? And there's no judgment here. I don't want you to feel any judgment. I just want you to understand why it is we might be doing this. And then and then that might help us with a new perspective. And the idea is, is our deep love and compassion for our loved ones it, that is dealing with addiction, it drives us to be there for them. It drives us to try and be okay. Like they can't keep it together and their, their addiction is, you know, putting them down this downward spiral. So somebody's got to be strong, <laughs> right? So somebody's got to pay the bills. Somebody's got to keep it together. And so that's one reason why we might be trying to keep it together, right? Because we might be that one pillar in our home or wherever it is that, it, you know, we try to be strong so we can be a source of support. So we can be, you know, the rock, so to speak. And that we believe that sometimes we might believe too that we don't want to show vulnerability because we need to be that rock. We need to be the strong one here. And but this burden, you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders here from this love and compassion for someone else or for trying to be a source of support, for trying to be the pillar. And so that's one major reason why we do it, right? It makes sense, right? We're trying to hold it together. And so another reason why I was trying to hold it together was this idea of maybe a bit of fear of other people knowing what's going on in my world, a little bit of fear of judgment or um, the bizarreness of it. Like I, I didn't think anyone would understand. And so there is some, maybe there's some judgment that might be out there or stigmatizing around when it comes to addiction. And so I almost was fearful that admitting my struggles or admitting what was going on, that I might I might be inviting some criticism or inviting misunderstanding or just, um, you know, so we put, I put on this brave face, right? And just so I could avoid that, tough conversation that I might have with my friends or, you know, other people. So I didn't really want people to know what was going on. So then here I am struggling inside, trying to hold it together so that, you know, I didn't have to have those tough conversations in fear of judgment. 
The other thing that, um, why we kind of hold it together is to protect ourselves. I remember that I was on such an emotional roller coaster, and I'm sure if you are in this situation, you are as well, that there is an emotional roller coaster of addiction, right? And it's exhausting, you know, the ups and the downs and the like, the 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 good times and then the terrible times and then back and forth the promises the empty promises the and i can go on and on but holding it together is actually a defense mechanism it in psychology is like we are protecting ourselves because we're trying to hold it together it's a way to protect ourselves from being completely consumed by the situation and it's madness. When you love someone with an addiction, you don't need me to tell you this. If you're listening to this podcast, it's madness. And so we're holding it together. It's this defense mechanism to protect ourselves. So it makes sense. Again, just this is just for awareness. Another thing that comes up for me and I, I thought of is this idea of a hope for change. I literally clung to the hope that my loved one that I fell in love with, the man that I fell in love with was going to come back. I actually was hoping that, and I would get glimmers of hope and I would get glimmers of the person that I fell in love with, but he, it was a whole new reality. He was a completely different person. And so I dealt with so much abuse. I dealt with so many ups and downs. I dealt with like behavior that I would never normally tolerate and you might be doing the same thing. And so it's this hope for change. So we keep it together, right? Because we're clinging to this hope that our loved one will overcome addiction. And by maintaining this appearance of strength, we kind of feel like we we might be we might feel like we're projecting positivity and fostering an environment for change and helping them by being an example. And that hope for change of keeping it together, it really can, as you can see, all these things can be so draining and just so much pressure on our shoulders. And the other piece of this is this idea or this perception of control. I thought that if I was keeping it together, that I was controlling the situation, I was controlling, you know, my own happiness and controlling the positivity of my home for my children and this and that. So in the situation where you absolutely feel powerless with addiction, you absolutely feel powerless. No matter what you do, nothing really seems to work. And we have no control over their addiction. We didn't cause it, can't control it, can't cure it. We're powerless over their addiction, but we're powerful actually over our life. So by keeping it together, right? Holding on to this sense of what we do have control over, it feels good. It's a coping strategy. It's a way to cope with chaos. So it makes sense, right? So even if it's just on the surface, we're keeping it together, it makes sense. It's a perception of control even though we might be feeling really, really like we're crumbling and just on the brink of, you know, losing it, so to speak. And another thing that came up for me too a lot is this fear of uh, bringing other people down. Like, you know, so I would, I always went with my one friend, we always do pedicures and I didn't want to always be talking about like, I don't know, this is weird behavior. And like, this is what he's doing now. It's like, it's like every time I was, I felt like every time I was talking to her, I was like, you know, sharing about this 
really crummy situation. And so I, I started to worry about, you know, and I didn't want to focus all my energy on that, but it was all consuming in my head. So then I put on a front of keeping it together and I didn't share my struggles so much as much because I didn't want to burden my friends or my family. And, and so we hold it together to spare other people from our pain. We hold it together because we just, we, we are maybe looking for others to like, not even think about it for a moment or to put it on the back burner while you're getting that nice pedicure, which is good. And then, so that's one of the reasons we might be just trying to keep it together and that's it. And so another thing is, is that, and that's kind of, which brings me to my next point is this longing for normalcy. I don't know about you, but I was like, this is chaos. Like the staying up all night, the being in the garage, the, you know, going out on weekday nights and staying out at friends all night or coming home super late. Like, and then there was no schedule. There was no like, like normal reality was out the window. So this idea of, I had this longing for normalcy, and you might be feeling this too, is that we, to maintain this feeling of normalcy in your life, what we might do is we might attempt to hold it together, to hold on to a sense of normal life admits absolute the chaos of addiction. And so you might be doing that too. We want to preserve this kind of like this routine and stability to feel good and to make us feel safer and to make us feel good in this environment. And now there's nothing wrong with all this. I'm just kind of going through all the reasons why we do this, why we put on a brave face, why we're trying to hold it together. And and I just want you to feel like, yes, it makes sense that I'm doing this. I'm trying to keep it together. And, you know, and and it's so important to just have that understanding and self-awareness, like it makes sense what I'm doing. And that, you know, giving myself permission that, yeah, I'm trying to hold it together here, if that's how you're feeling. So, The other thing is our emotions are deeply intertwined with our addicted loved ones, right? Our emotions are deeply intertwined with their struggle. And so what happens is, is that when we hold it together, it's a way to kind of navigate the line between being supportive and not letting ourselves get fully consumed. So again, another defense mechanism. So when we're holding it together, What we want to do is like our emotions, because they are so intertwined with our addicted loved one, that by keeping it together gives you sometimes a bit of distance. It's like, I'm not going to lose it like them, or I'm not going to like, you know, buy into what's going on there because we're so emotionally connected. It's like, okay, I'm going to try and keep my emotions at bay and keep them contained so I can just hold it together so we don't fully you know, um, let things go, right? Not letting ourselves get fully consumed by what's going on. So all those things, aren't they incredible? Like we're while we're trying to hold it together, it's a natural response. I want you to feel like, okay, so it's a natural response, but I also want you to remember that vulnerability and seeking help 
are not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. So if you're doing all these things, it makes sense that you're doing all these things. I did them too. And we're trying to hold it together. It makes sense why we're doing that. In addition to that though, I want you to remember that if you start to feel vulnerable, if you are feeling vulnerable, if you are feeling broken inside, it is absolutely not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. Admitting your vulnerability, admitting that this is hard, admitting that I'm just trying to keep it together, but I don't know of how much longer I could do this. It's okay to admit that. It's okay to be there. And I am 100% sending you so much love because I was there too. It's going to make me cry. So hard. It's so, so hard. And I try not to break in these podcasts and these things because I know we're all there. But that vulnerability, I just invite you to share I invite you to understand it's okay to feel this feeling, what's coming out of me now. It's so hard, so hard, so hard, but we try so hard to hold it together at times and it's a natural response. You are doing amazing. You are incredible. You are so strong, but this is not weakness. When you break or when you feel vulnerable or when you admit you're trying to hold it together, but it's so hard please, 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 you know, share your struggles with others, share them with trusted friends, come to the support group, reach out to me. It is so hard. And so we can all provide support with each other. We can navigate this journey together so that you can be more effective. This is just a reminder that you aren't alone and that you you need to embrace this vulnerability and be okay with not being okay. So I just want you to know that I'm here for you. Just like you've been there for other people in the support groups or your addicted loved one, you're there for other people. Remember that you're not alone on this path. Lean on others for support. When you're feeling like you're just trying to hold it together, understand why you're doing that. Defense mechanisms, you know, all those reasons we talked about, it makes sense. But then also when you have moments of vulnerability, see them as strength see your strength and and not as weaknesses and share your vulnerability where you feel safe and come into our private support group, Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction so that we can wrap each other with positivity and just raise each other up and recognize our strengths and remember that you are making a difference as well. By sharing your struggle and your vulnerability with others, you make it safe for others to also share their vulnerability, even in the darkest of times. So my main message here is that loving someone with an addiction, it's overwhelming, the overwhelming emotions of frustration and and, and just that. And so the moment that you're feeling like you can't hold it together that's valid and it's understandable and it is normal. And so even with all my training in well-being and the science of well-being and positive psychology, you know, even if we have all the training in the world and the tools, there will be times when the weight 
feels unbearable. When the weight of loving someone with an addiction feels all consuming. And I just, not to scare you if you haven't gotten there, but this, the weight is there, right? It's understandable to feel this way and that there will be times where you feel the weight feels unbearable. So it's crucial to acknowledge your pain, to acknowledge your emotions while supporting your addicted loved one, and but also turning that focus, that lens onto you. Remember that your emotions are that testament of the depth of love that you have, the compassion that you love. And those emotions are they're telling you something. So turn self-compassion, turn compassion towards yourself, that kindness, that regard, that presence, um, that support towards yourself. And then also remember that caring for yourself is not selfish. It's so essential, especially when you're feeling this vulnerability, when you're feeling this, and we're not going to call it weakness. We're going to call it understandable moments of, you know, feeling like you're just trying on the brink of keeping it together. So just surround yourself with those supportive network of people and allow yourself to lean on others when you need it. Holding it together doesn't mean that you need to hide your feelings. It doesn't mean that you're putting on a facade of strength. It's okay to admit that you're struggling. It's okay to admit that you need help if you require it. It's it's strength actually to reach out for help. This is possible for you. And just remember that every day, you know, is showcasing your resilience. Every day you are demonstrating how resilient you are. And I just, I'm sending you so much love and strength and recognition of your resilience and your power through all of this, because this is hard. And amidst all this challenge, just remember that you are, a, you're strong, you're resilient. Uh, your vulnerability is actually a sign of your strength. You just trying to keep it together is your strength as well. All those reasons make total sense why we're doing it. And there's no judgment there, but then also recognizing and also recognizing no, but, and also recognizing that vulnerability is okay. If you're feeling like, you know, you need to go and be in your car and cry, like do it. Um, you are strong. This is hard. And it makes sense that you're feeling as you're feeling. And so I'm just so happy and grateful for you being here today and uh, showing up. I want you to remember you're not alone and that we can navigate the complexities of this journey together. Uh, and so please, if you haven't already joined our support group, please go ahead and do that. Uh, or reach out to me, go to our website. Now there's so many exciting things coming our way. So I don't even know what to share first, but there are so many exciting things. So the best thing to do is get on our email list because then you'll be the first to know or get in the support group because I will be sharing all this exciting, uh, you know, changes and fun things that we can do together. And one of the sneak peeks actually is that I'm relaunching the, the app. I'm creating an app for the Saving You is Killing Me and I'm pulling up the Saving Me Resilience course into the app. So it's so user-friendly. I'm so excited about it. And so if any of this message resonated with you today, 
and you are seeking more support and you are on a journey that's navigating all the challenges of loving someone with an addiction, I just want to extend the invitation to you to join the Saving Me Resilience course. It is a comprehensive program that I created a couple of years ago. It's everything that I did to take back my power. And it's basically pulling in the science of well-being because that's my training. And it's everything to help rebuild you back up. It's not about your addicted loved one and how to navigate them. It's how to get you back. It's how to recover you. It's all about saving you. And so if you're interested in that, I just invite you to reach out to me. Just even if you email me the subject line saving me, I can send you more information when the app is up and running and ready to go. And so my email address is andrea.livelifehappy at gmail.com. That's andrea.livelifehappy at gmail.com. Or you can WhatsApp me, literally just send me a message. You can say saving me. And so we can start a conversation or DM me. I am here for you by joining the Saving Me Resilience course, you're investing in your growth. You're investing in your, you have community that you can lean on and it'll really help you walk through this painful path and allow you to move to a place of learning, growing, and just finding a source of peace and joy that you are so worthy of. So that's it, my friends. I hope you got a lot out of this and I will see you and hear you and talk with you and be with you uh, next week. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.